You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 129. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. Back from the lake. Back from the lake, unwinding the pines. I'm on Hocha time. I'm back from the lake, and I'm driving the boat. Don't look now. I'm on the mother effing boat. I was the captain. I was the captain. Go check out my Instagram and see me as the captain. (laughs) It was a pretty awesome time, I will have to admit. I uh, never know what to expect or what I'll experience when I go out to my parents. They've put together a pretty nice retirement a life for themselves that I, I do strive to create in my own existence. And, you know, being able to uh, drive this tritune that they got this year, basically for the family. They have no interest in the boat. They love their jet skis, but my brother has uh, three children, and there's not much that they can do with jet skis for, like, the next decade because they're really just, like, four and two. And uh, so it was like, okay, let's get a boat. Uh, that was their idea. Uh, we had been pushing for it, but I didn't think they'd ever actually do it. And they did. And uh, just absolutely love the boat. Just uh, dropping the anchor or connecting it to a buoy and just letting the current just sort of move us back and forth and, oh, gosh, unwind in the pines. Um, last couple of weeks, I, I admit, you know, July and August, I've really been pushing myself hard. Between the Happy Mind Lab, which is a, a collaborative effort, effort with at Danny C. Muniz and at Carissa um, Moreno, Monet Moreno, you'll see her uh, post a lot about their stuff. Um, at Jesse Mogul and at From Sobriety Recovery, you'll see me posting about Happy Mind Lab. And it's just an amazing opportunity to actually uh, see the things you want to achieve in your life come to fruition with the help of us three coaches. And between that and then, of course, there's the Wise Mind uh, Empowerment and Leadership Experience, my online course. I'm, I'm going to be teaching my first uh, NLP uh, course online, Zoom version, uh, later on, whether it's at the end of August or whether it comes in September, October. Uh, we're still figuring out the logistics. Uh, some some things got in the way of some of my classmates. And so uh, we'll see where all that plays out. But I've really been pushing myself to get more enrollees and, and really roll that out. And I'm super pumped to finally teach an LP to all of y'all. And a lot of you have reached out about it. So please, if you ever had any inkling about learning NLP and how it can help with your sobriety and recovery, let's get on a call. Let's talk about that. Uh, I've been in preparation of adding on more courses to the class, and um, you know, I have this uh, had this genius idea of having my second book come out on my soberversary, which is which would be January thirteenth. Um, still on the fence about that one, but I've been starting to put together the notes and the chapters, and so all of this, right? And I, I ramble on through all of that because it's like, even I realize that I take on too much at some points. I just sort of have habituated doing that to the point where putting it in my calendar and making it happen and going from client to client to client and running upstairs and knocking out the workout just to get in the steps, to get in another client, to get in another coaching session. It just, it comes natural and easy to me now because I've been working at it so hard for the last two years. But you have to understand it within yourself, just like what I'm understanding within myself is that 
there is a limit that we hit where we must know the signs of when we start to push ourselves too hard. And because we're 129 episodes into the show, I often don't go back and talk about those beginning stages of sobriety and recovery because a lot of you have been listening to this show linearly. So that tells me that most of you find it and you start at one and you work your way up. So by the time you've managed here, however fast you've listened to them, you've listened to me at year two and now you're finding me going into year five. And so Actually, I started the show right around the time I was starting my third year. Um, I was getting ready to have my two-year soberversary, which was really the beginning of year three. And now we're, we're into, you know, coming up into year five, right, 56 months. I realized that for a lot of you, you've you've been in this for a while. Even if you were only at three to six months and you blaze through the episodes, you're still listening as you grow here. And so I am going to be talking a lot more about the stages of the, the beginning stages as we do September, because September is a national, um, is a national addiction recovery or substance abuse month. I forget what it is now. I can't believe that my brain just did that, but it's 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's my first day back in the office. Forgive me if I don't remember everything <laughs> I want to talk about. But going back to it is that I don't talk about this overwhelm and this burnout coming as a sign or a fatigue of my sobriety and recovery because I've moved beyond the day-to-day, the week-to-week, the month-to-month worry about whether alcohol and drugs will come back into my life. I've turned that part of my life off. It's gone. I'm not worried about that. I know some people would hear me say that and want to freak out, be like, oh, no, dude, you got you to admit you're an addict, and you got to admit that you don't have any self-control, and you got to release the power to somebody else and higher power and all this other stuff, and that's great if that's the the code that you want to go by. I'd say nothing to, about how other people want to drive their sobriety and recovery. Whatever you decide to use as your driver, that is, that's you. If it's working for you, great. If it's not working for you, then you should DM me. I've got some other great ways that we can start to really shift your thinking. For me, I've just turned it off. I've turned off that part of my brain that wants alcohol or drugs. When I see people drinking, it baffles me why they think that that's a good time. It baffles me why they would overconsume beverages that would cause them to feel like shit the next day. It baffles me why I ever thought that getting blacked out on a jet ski in the middle of Oklahoma was a good idea when I have so much fun not being intoxicated. I remember it all. I see the the wildlife running along the shoreline. I you know I, I I marvel at the big birds flying overhead and the feeling of the water hitting the jet ski and splashing up my face. It, it, I marvel at it. I, I find the simplicity in all of it just to be absolutely beautiful. It's like I've finally been able to plug in to what is happening around me. Like if it was the movie Avatar, I have thoroughly plugged right into all that blue light that flows throughout the planet. If it was the matrix, I took the pill and I'm still able to just create my most amazing life. I love it. Part of the natural human experience is to overwhelm and and to bog ourselves down because we want to take on a lot. We achieve something, we get, we raise the bar. Now we want to achieve more. I don't worry that this consistent drive and push to myself is going to somehow set me down a path for relapse It might cause me to feel fatigued. My brain can become weary. I can become tired and a bit cranky and temperamental. That I can can deal with. 
I don't have to worry about, oh my goodness, if I continue down this path in five months, I'm going to think a drink is the only thing that's going to stop it. That's not the world I, I live in. I've been able to create this space for myself where any desire for alcohol has been completely shut off. Right, I've I've done a great deal of NLP work on myself. There's not one part of me that thinks that holding that drink in my hand and putting it to my mouth and 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 imbibing it is going to make this any easier or better. In fact, it's going to blow it all up. And some people would say, "Well, yeah, Jess, you created this entire life for yourself around sobriety and recovery. You've got the podcasts and the books and the speaking and the everything." And I'm. <laughs> I've had people question whether that was the best idea or not. Because like, if you ever relapse, the whole thing comes crumbling down. Well, one, not true. In the United States, we love a good we love a good rise to success, fall on your face, and then rise back up to success story. Look at Rob Lowe or Robert Downey Jr. or any myriad of musicians that we loved. Then they went off and got super intoxicated, almost ruined their career, ended up going to rehab, and then they come back out with their next album, and we're all even more impressed and loving them. So the, this country loves a good success-fail success story. So even if that were to happen, I don't think the whole, I don't think my whole business and my whole life would crumble down. In fact, it'd probably just make a really great chapter in the movie where hopefully Jared Leto would play me. (laughs) Others would say, well, now you've created this entire life around this stuff. And what if you can't live up to your own expectations, which I don't have expectations for myself because expectations are just a function of frustration and fear. And I don't need those things in my life. So then they say, well, okay, well, you've created all of these things. And what happens if you ever get bored of them? Well, I don't get bored of learning. I don't get bored of teaching the things that I learn. So it would just grow with me. So when people want to start bringing their limiting beliefs and their limiting decisions into my world, I just negate that. I'm like, no, thank you. You can go off and you can think those things. And if you would like to think better, perhaps you should stick around in my circle and we can have a conversation about that. But what you think is possible in your sobriety and recovery should by now have massively changed by listening to this show. I I, I introduce you to possibility. See, when you unwind and you unplug, it gives your body and your mind a chance to, to step back and say, okay, what is really important to us here? For me, it is learning new things. It is guiding others to be able to see in themselves what I can see in them. Even if you can't believe it in yourself, get people around you that can see it in you before you see it in yourself. I had tons of people like this in my 20s and 30s who said, Jesse, there's so much you have to offer this world. Just stop being drunk all the time. And when I finally stopped being drunk, I finally got what they were talking about. You can achieve these things because I have, because hundreds of thousands of others have. This isn't the only sobriety and recovery podcast. I'm not the only one who's written a book about this stuff. See, when you have a limiting belief about what you can achieve, who you can be in your sobriety and recovery, and and in life in general, not just sobriety and recovery, but in life, like, I mean, we we get sober to be able to, to walk around and just live a life without intoxication, not to, to tattoo on our forehead, I'm an addict. I don't need to start every conversation off with that. Trust me. I wear my really cool chakra necklace with my sobriety 
uh, chips on it and people make comments about how pretty it is and how awesome it is. And I'll give them a bit of a backstory, but I don't introduce myself as, Hey, Jesse, I'm Jesse. I'm an alcoholic and I'm in addiction recovery. And these are all the things that I do now because I'm sober. Like I don't, that doesn't, that isn't how I get off. That isn't how I float my own boat. But when you start asking yourself what you think that you can achieve, ask yourself what beliefs you have about yourself that are living inside of this limiting belief bubble that you've created. So your limiting beliefs can only exist when you start to build a boundary around them. And this boundary are the rules that you've set for what it is you think you can achieve, who you think you are, who you believe you are. You start saying, well, I can't. I can't stop saying that I'm an addict because if I do stop saying I'm an addict, then I'll forget about the pain and misery of being an addict and then I'll go back to my old ways. I mean, listen to how that sounds. If I don't keep telling myself and reminding myself I'm an addict, I'm going to forget what being an addict was like and then I'm going to go back to my old ways. I don't need to be reminded of how painful those hangovers were the locomotive slamming through my brain and my body just deteriorating and always feeling hungry, but at the same time not able to eat. I don't enjoy those memories. I do not need to walk around and smash my hand with a hammer every single day to remind myself how painful smashing myself with a hammer is. Smash your hand with a hammer one time, you will remember how painful that was. Um, look, I'm hammering the nail. Wham! There went my thumb. I don't need to do that every day to remind myself how much that sucks to do to myself. <laughs> you don't have to remind yourself every single day what being an addict was like to know what the pain of being an addict was like. So when you have these limiting beliefs, and right now I just keep air drawing this square in front of myself, these limiting beliefs exist in a bubble and you build these boundaries around them. And you lock yourself into this this mindset that you can't become anything that isn't within this box where your limiting beliefs exist. So then through NLP, we start asking ourselves questions like, what would it be like if, if this problem wasn't a problem and instead it was more of a solution opportunity? Where in my life have I achieved something similar that I can now draw upon for the experience and I can move through this? Where am I not seeing a solution that if I were open to seeing a solution, the solution would be obvious to me? I know some of these questions sound super weird, and that's the point. It's called quantum linguistics, and it's supposed to confuse your brain so it moves past your critical faculty, that that, that thinking part of your brain, and it, it's able to slide in to more of that unconscious awareness, that seed of emotion. When you ask yourself questions that confuse your conscious awareness, then it moves into the unconscious to be to then have it figured out. And that's where emotions live. And that's where you can start to not necessarily make emotional decisions, which might have been something you would have thought I was going toward. But instead, what it is, it's actually being able to manifest itself at that emotional level where you make decisions. So when you go back into your unconscious mind, it starts putting together the pieces of your life so easily that your conscious mind doesn't want to be involved in that because the conscious mind wants to use rational thought and it wants everything to be linear and one plus one equals two. In the unconscious mind, one plus one plus 1.2 equals whatever the frick it wants it to, but it'll figure it out for you.
This is why I teach my clients, and I know we've talked about this on the show, how to access the unconscious mind to help them with tasks. Before you go to bed at night, find something that's challenging you. Find something that you would like a solution to and just task your unconscious mind to come up with the solution while you're asleep. Use this sentence. Unconscious mind, I task you to help me connect with my partner in a more passionate way, in a more sympathetic way, in a more communicative way. Whatever you're seeking, unconscious mind, I ask you to, I task you to, unconscious mind, seek out the solution for how to save up $500 so I can join Jesse's coaching program. (laughs) It could be something like that, shameless plug. But you ask, unconscious mind, I ask you to, I task you to, unconscious mind, seek out, and then tell it what you want it to do. Whether it comes that first night you ask it or whether it comes the 15th, the unconscious mind is going to put things together for you. And it does it because it doesn't live within the limiting belief bubble that your conscious mind has created for you. Whatever you think are your limitations are merely your perception of what you're capable of. And your perceptions of what you're capable of are completely disconnected from what you truly can accomplish when you prioritize things. Your conscious mind wants to use past experiences as this ludicrous, ridiculous measuring stick for what you're capable of doing moving forward. But if I was going to do that, then I would look back at what walking was like as a three-year-old and say, well, I could never be a runner because look how difficult it was for me to even walk. But I'm 45 now. What the hell does me having a what fallen down 87 times while learning to walk as a three-year-old have to do with anything? And again, I know nothing about childhood development. So if three years old is a late time to learn to walk, then just assume I learned to walk at the normal age that everybody else does because I don't know. I'm just using an example here, right? If you, if you weren't a great communicator at 23 with that one particular relationship, that doesn't mean that you can't become a great communicator at 29, 37, 42, right? Past experiences do not necessarily dictate future success. Unless you are going to continue doing the things you did then, then you might continue to get the same results. And that's what having this limiting belief bubble will do to you. You'll live inside this limiting belief bubble, so you won't think that you're capable of anything outside this bubble, that you can't break through your boundary box. And so you'll just do things the same way over and over and over again and continue to have the same life day after day after day. When we overcomplicate things in our lives, specifically, because this show is about sobriety and recovery, when we overcomplicate it and we try to have 87 things in place so that we can go do something, when we break it down, what it really comes down to is just realizing that the life you've created for yourself right now today, and I could I could point out, you know, every I got a story about every single one of my tribe members where they've said something that leads me to believe that they still believe that they're handcuffed to this addictive substance, that they're still just one bad decision away from falling back into their old self. But then they go off and they tell me about the awesome relationship they have with their boyfriend or their wife or their husband or their partner and how their children look at them differently and how their kids are going off and doing amazing things in school and that, you know, are am I even being a good parent? I'm like, are you kidding me? You, you imagine what your child is seeing from their point of view. 
You were one way. You made a massive decision to become a different person, and now you're becoming that different person right before their very eyes. They're seeing the hard work. They're seeing the dedication. They're seeing you get on Zoom calls at 6 o'clock Pacific, which is 9 o'clock Eastern, and showing up day after day after day and making sure that you're there and you're learning. And then you come and you start to talk to them differently and you start to behave differently around them. And where you used to snap and scream and yell, now all of a sudden you breathe in deep and you have a rational, normal, loving, heartfelt conversation with them. Like, trust me, they're kids. Their brains know nothing more than to make meaning out of everything and and build habits and to notice patterns. It's what they do. I'm reading an amazing article about the age at which children start learning to lie, and it's right around that three or four range, and it really starts to accelerate and, and reach a crescendo in the teenage years. And it's in this time in our lives when we're trying to figure out the boundaries, we're trying to figure out the life and the world around us, that we're most seeking out people to model behavior after. So when you start to think about, well, what if I fell back into my old ways, right? You already found a sponsor, you found a mentor, hell, you found my show, right? So you start modeling your behavior after the stuff that your your sponsor, your mentor, me, the things we talk about. And you start to release your identity that you had around who you were then on the substances. And now you're creating a life outside of that. The only reason, I'm not going to say the only reason, but I would think a primary reason why people would fall back into the old behavior, um, beyond the fact that you were white knuckling it, you were in sobriety and you really weren't working on recovery, right? Like that, I can understand where the, 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 rationalization of the falling back might come more easily if you've just basically taken alcohol and drugs out of your life, but nothing else has changed. And we make that joke all the time, or at least I do, about how if your life basically looks the same and you just come home, sit on the couch in your underwear watching The Simpsons eating donuts, and the only thing that's different is there's no alcohol or drugs around you, then you're just in sobriety. And you've got to start to really push yourself. Understand the whys of why you got addicted and the hows and the whats. Like, this is what I teach. This is what my tribe talks about. This is what NLP has opened my mind up to. And whenever you're looking around and you're starting to ask yourself, am I making an impact on anybody with my sobriety and recovery? Look no further than your own family or your own children and notice what they're noticing about you. Notice how different you are behaving around them now. We can't be guaranteed that because we start acting more desirably, that others will follow suit. I posted about this on Instagram the other day. We're not really sure. Until we break it down through NLP, that would mean that the person, you know, the criminal, the person, who the, the misfit, the miscreant, whatever, would have to sit down for a session. We're not sure why they go off and they act undesirably while somebody else goes off and sees what you're doing and then acts desirably. We haven't really quite figured that out again until we break it down using NLP. And there's a story we learn in MasterPrac where it's like there's a family, the dad's a criminal, a user, an abuser, all that. He has twin sons. One son goes off and becomes a lawyer and helps people in court who were taken advantage of by people like his dad. His twin brother goes off and becomes just like his dad. And in their 40s, when sat down by some psychologists and asked, why did you do the things that you did? Why did you become a lawyer while you became a criminal? Their answer was the same. With a father like that, what choice did I have? 
We don't know why one brother went off and acted the criminal life while the other one went off and did the lawyer thing. Right? I don't have access to these people to sit down and find out where in their life something that they witnessed became an anchor that they that became uh that became a belief then they became a habit then became their identity but you're doing this to yourself too right like you're behaving the way you behave do you even know why can you go back and can you find that one little driver that whenever you pull that out all of a sudden everything else crumbles around it and now you get to rebuild yourself the way you seek not based off of these pre-programmed behaviors that came at you at a young age. When we overcomplicate the sobriety and recovery, what, what it is, it's, it's almost like we start to try to build all of these things on top of corrupted foundation. When it's so much more simpler when we just go in and we just completely remodel the foundation. There's nothing wrong with pushing yourself, pushing yourself, and pushing yourself to achieve more in your sobriety and recovery. From what I've noticed about myself, the, 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 and I won't even call it wrong as much as I'll call it maybe um, less guided, would be when I don't stop long enough to ask myself, where is all of this taking me? What is the outcome I really seek? Am I, really, am I still clear on my well-formed outcome that I had 3, 6, 9, 12 months ago? Things are always changing. Life is bringing new awareness to you every single day. What are you doing with all of this new information? If you're not being self-aware enough to realize that you're learning new ways to communicate, that you're learning new ways to talk to people, then you can most easily, when cornered, find yourself behaving the same way that you always have. But when you stop long enough to just realize, wow, I am nowhere near the same person I was a year ago. Is what I'm getting ready to say, is how I'm getting ready to act, is this behavior appropriate with this new person that I've created now? When you're living in this limiting belief bubble that you're only capable of achieving what you've already achieved in life, then you're living in a fixed mindset. And and principle number one in my book is called, it's all about, it's all about developing the growth mindset. It's not talking about having a growth mindset. It's developing a growth mindset because it's something you develop over the course of your entire life. It's not just something that you automatically have and then you have it forever. You're constantly developing it. Just like principle number two is cultivating courage. You cultivate it like you would seeds. You cultivate it like you would farmland. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a process that is continuous. Be decisive tells you, okay, let's do this right now. Just like taking action principle number four drives you to say, you know what? I'm not going to sit here, beat myself up, talk shit to myself, live in the past. I'm going to seek out new resources and I'm going to become the version of myself that I've always desired. I'm going to take action today. Someone recently hit me up in the DMs on Instagram and was like, you know what? so powerful about your show is it just, it really has me realizing that it's all about me taking action rather than beating myself up. And I'm just like, hells to the yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. And that may have been something I did say (laughs) that way too. But taking action is the way that you begin to embrace discipline. Right? This is how you habituate your, your changes in life. This is how you really become who you want to become. And when you exercise the flexibility, principle number six, it's in this exercising of the flexibility that you realize that planning is priceless, but plans are worthless. 
right? We can have an idea of how we're going to get to a destination, but once we start out on it, we have no idea the amount of detours, the 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 bear in the middle of the road, or or the dinosaur chasing us down the street. We have no idea what is going to happen during this journey that's going to cause us to need to shift. But if we have a well-formed outcome of, okay, uh, like I have decided that in my 60s, I want to be able to take my coaching sessions on a boat. Hell, maybe my 50s. Shit, if I, I'd like to be able to figure out this in two years. I want my RV. I want to be able to take this podcast on the road. I want to go speak at colleges. I want to go speak at addiction centers. I want to go to people's hometowns. I want my listeners to hit me up and say, hey, man, I can get 20 people at my local community center, come up here and let's talk about some of this stuff. All right, I'll hop in the RV and I'll drive to Wichita, Omaha, Tulsa. I'll drive to cities I haven't even heard of yet. Don't even care. Let's go meet people. I want to take this show on the road like a band, barnstorming across the country. I'll bust out the ukulele and and, and jam out with some harmonica with you. I just want to meet everybody. I want to be on a boat and I want to be able to do my coaching sessions on the boat as the boat sways in the wind and I sit there and eat my little ham sandwich with my little kettle chips, right? I want to be able to, that seems like an awesome thing to be able to do. Other people want to live in a skyscraper and other people want to live on farmland. Hey, whatever you want to achieve, let's get to making it happen for you. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is when you break out of that limiting belief bubble you've been living in, you smash through the boundary box, and you start to show up on the other side of it where you realize that you are limitless. And I get when I say that, you're like, well, I can't fly and I can't teleport, so I have limits. Okay, well, if you want to be ridiculous, uh, first of all, no, you can't do that now, but I guarantee you in about 300 years, somebody's going to stumble upon this episode and be like, that dude, he should have realized we were going to be able to teleport one day. <laughs> right, but within the limits of physics as we know it now, just you are capable of so much more than you think you are. And it's okay that if you push yourself, and it's okay if you feel overwhelmed and you have some anxiety and you have some stress and you have to stop, unwind. And unplug. It's when you step back and get off the grid that you really are able to see how far along in this journey you already are. And I can promise you, even if you don't end up on a boat in the middle of a lake, seeing a captain, my captain, and, and I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Don't look now. I'm on the mother effing boat. Like, even if that's not where you find yourself, you will know when you have found yourself in one of those moments in your life where you have worked your ass off to get there. It could be a beautiful walk with your loved one. It could be a heartfelt moment with your child. It could be the shaking of the of your boss's hand as they compliment a good job done. It could be re- being recognized at uh, an organization or your children's school for stepping up and helping out. Look back and ask yourself, Would you have felt this fulfilled if you were using? Did you ever feel this fulfilled when you were using? When you were showing up to these events drunk, when you were disconnected from your loved ones, when you weren't present in moments that were beautiful and amazing and never needed alcohol to begin with, let alone drugs. Step back, unwind, unplug, and notice these amazing moments in your life. I'm not the greatest at this, so I teach this repetitively because my therapist, is, she seeks to remind me every time we talk, are you enjoying the journey? Are you enjoying 
the journey. Because the destination will not look like what you thought it will. And more than likely when you get there, it won't be enough anyways. The internal motivation to seek to become the best version of yourself, for me, I'm in a constant state of reminding myself that that, that is the beauty of why I got into this. That is the joy that comes from each day, working through my own stuff and coming out the other side of it, feeling better, knowing better, doing better. Sometimes I realize that I have people in my life that aren't 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 the most energetically positive people to have there. And then I either have to seek to be okay with that or seek to make changes in myself so that I interpret the way they are around me differently or I seek a way to move on and say, you know what, this may not be for me anymore. You have to ask yourself those same questions and you have to make tough decisions that are beneficial to your sobriety and your recovery. People will come and go from your life. Jobs will come and go from your life. Days come and go, and so do so does weather. Politicians make a decision today and then take it back tomorrow. What are you going to let become the focal point of your life? I hope for your sake, it's your own personal growth and transformation. And if you're ready to step forward, step up, raise your hand. I'll call on you. Whether it's the Happy Mind Lab, whether it's the Wise Mind Empowerment and leadership experience, whether it's an NLP class or whatever it might be, there is something within you that you're ready to unlock and you're ready to flourish with. Let me pour some accelerant on a fire that's already flaming inside of you and let's watch it just gorge on your inspiration. And before you know it, what you've desired to achieve is right there in front of you. I would like to make sure that we all slow down long enough to enjoy the journey. All right, my friends, go check me out on Instagram. I'll be posting boat pictures over on Facebook too. I'm so excited. I can't wait to show you guys my Kawadi buddy. Remember, simplify, simplify, simplify. And if you ever feel overwhelmed, turn off the phone, turn off the computer, walk away from the technology. I'm not saying you got to take off your shoes and go be one with the trees. But humans were not built to stare at shiny, flashy screens for as long as we have become habituated to do this for. It is time that we all just step back, get away from electricity for a little bit, and figure out a different way to recharge the batteries. You might say, but Jesse, I love social media. I always feel so great. I'm telling you what it's doing to your brain, what computers and TV and tech are doing to our brains isn't as beneficial as we think it is. So step away from the computer. Turn off the electric items. Go do something away from them. And I can assure you, when you come back, you'll feel less weary. You'll feel less fatigued. You'll be energized. You'll be jazzed. And by goodness gracious, I cannot even begin to express to you how good I feel having done that. Inclusivity over exclusivity. The power of positive energy. Release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives. Because we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine. Glow on. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.